Good morning, everyone. This is Genevia. And this is Jennifer. And you are tuned into Soap Talk, where candid conversations cleanse the mind, heal the heart, and encourage the spirit. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Soap Talk. And without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Well, thank you for that, Brother Stewart. It's such a wonderful and um, insightful conversation. Um, so our next question is uh, funerals and farewells are moments marked in time that allow us to experience a sense of, of closure. However, in Luke 9, verses 59 through 62, Jesus, is, I'm sorry, Jesus advises the men to do the exact opposite. Can you explain why he took such a radical approach in a time when um, many would consider their response to be appropriate? Well, um, and uh, I appreciate the fact that you sisters uh, brought this scripture forward. This is a scripture that we have to uh, interpret both um, in the context of what, when it was said and how it applies to the kingdom today. Um, because Jesus says what is difficult for us to accept but maybe not for the reasons we think it's difficult. Uh, in the context of the scripture in the gospel of uh, Luke, uh, Jesus on the road, the three men approach, they all want to follow him. But when the time comes to come do the following of, of Jesus to, to make that commitment to the kingdom, each man in turn has what we might say reasons or what the Bible might call excuses. Hmm. And in the case of the man who says, uh, I will follow you, Lord, let me go and bury my father. Now, the context there in the, in when we look at the, the ancient Aramaic is not necessarily his father is at that moment passed away. This isn't necessarily a situation where he's saying, Lord, my father just died and I have to take care of the funeral arrangements and, and I, can't, I can't come with you right now because I have to take care of the funeral. What he is saying is, Lord, I have a responsibility here to my father who is still alive. Again, the context is, is, is most likely his father is still alive. But when my father's not alive anymore, Lord, then I can follow you. And what Jesus tells him is that that's an excuse. <laughs> that's an excuse not to follow me. To say, well, you know, I, I'm just, I have so much responsibility with family. I can't follow you, Jesus. Now, he returns the phrase in, again, the ancient Aramaic. He says, let the dead bury the dead. That's the tough part of that scripture because Jesus says if you don't follow me there is no hope there's no hope for you there's no hope for your father there's no hope for any of your family members if you don't come to faith and put your faith in me because ultimately without Christ the dead bury the dead meaning those without hope continue on without hope and that is 
that's the, if we can understand, that's the tough aspect of what Jesus is telling us is that, you know, we can't have the closure we want if we don't follow Jesus. Amen. Because if we don't follow Jesus, if if our if we don't come to faith, if our family members don't come to faith, ultimately the the end is the end. The dead bury the dead. Yeah. And so Jesus challenges this man, not not just to kind of say, "Hey, you know what? Forget your dad's funeral." No, what he's challenging him is to say, "Without me, there is no hope." Mm-hmm. all right brother stewart so our next question is going to be what does the bible say the peace of god looks like on an individual and it also asks what scriptures do you have to support that well um the peace of god is something that again we experience as we trust and of uh, I think as over the core conversation, we touched on Philippians uh, chapter four, uh, verses uh, four through, uh, uh, sadly, four through nine, that speak about the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard mm-hmm. our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And um, that comes from us putting our sights on the things that bring us closer to God. Um, as the scripture goes on to say, we're, uh, we're called to focus on what is right, what is true, what is praiseworthy. If anything is of good report, if there is any excellence in anything at all in, in where we find ourselves, those are the things that dwell. Those are the things that will give us peace and closure uh, as we go through our our Christian walk. Uh, so in, um, in our world today, it's easy to focus on the negative. Um, we were in a conversation uh, offline about the situation going on in, in Texas and Louisiana and, and across much of the, uh, the South um, with the polar vortex. And there are many things that are occurring right now may, much of it is is very serious um and of course we we were prayerful and concerned about those things but um what we also have to focus on as uh, we were discussing is that uh, there are good things that are happening there are things that are bringing people together and allowing them to show uh concern and care for their neighbors and we have to be the people who let that spirit come to the fore. We're always people who, while we're not, uh, we're realistic, uh, we're, we're truthful, but we are looking for the positive. We can't be cynical as followers of Christ. We can't be negative. We can't tear people down. Again, we're truthful, we're honest. We're not trying to paint or gloss over situations that are serious, that need um, that need correction. But we also are always hopeful. We're looking for the positive. We're speaking life, and we're speaking um, grace 
into people. We're not trying to beat them up. Sometimes, you know, we, we want closure by beating people up, <laughs> you know, spiritually or sometimes even physically. We, we, we want to beat them up. Um, but but we're not we're not people who beat people up spiritually. Or well, hopefully we're not people who beat people up physically as well. But hopefully. You know, we, we want to speak, we want to find the positive. We want to focus on what is praiseworthy. If there's any good thing, we want to find it in people and in situations. Mm-hmm. Amen. I agree. Do you have any scriptures that possibly people could use to encourage them in that aspect? Well, again, uh, uh, Philippians uh, chapter four. Mm-hmm. Verses uh, four through nine mm-hmm. uh, really speak of the, that mindset, um, uh, uh, specifically um, the mindset that should bring to the fore. We we also, if uh, it's not daunting, uh, the um, the fiftieth. 51st and 52nd chapters of first Corinthians. Uh, not that we should memorize all those, but if we go to those, they speak about first the, the role of the body, the role of the believer, and the role of uh, the gospel in encouraging us. Um, again, I know that's a lengthy section of scripture, but if we read those, we can understand that first Christ died for our salvation so that we might become one body. And if we are one body, then we work together. We work together to continue to um, bring, bring about the plan of God. And, and we're not divided if we, live, if we live in the word that Christ has instilled. We do different things, but we all work together. And I think more than ever, the church needs to embrace the idea that we may do different things, but we all work together to build up into the image. I would uh, also be neglectful if I didn't mention uh, the eighth chapter of Romans. which tells us again, um, uh, specifically verses uh, 28 to the end of the chapter, but, but uh, really the whole eighth chapter of Romans tells us first, there is no condemnation in Christ. We are not condemned. That uh, if Christ is for us, who can be against us? In all things, we are more than conquerors first to Christ and that nothing no not height not depth not uh, distance not angels not, not demons nothing can separate us from the love of Christ nothing can separate us and so those are I would say encouraging scriptures for us to dwell on and think on and um when we do need to seek closure and relief and, and, and overcoming traumatic experiences 
Um, uh, I'm always encouraged by the fact that the scripture tells me nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Amen. There is Amen. no force, no, no thing, no, 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 not of man, not of the devil, not even if the angels wish to separate me from the love of Christ, can I be separated from the love of Christ? Amen. 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 I love it. Awesome. Okay, Brother Stewart, this has been such a blessing of a conversation. Um, so our next question is, what does the, I'm sorry, should a Christian see closure as a means to an end when it comes to a failed relationship, a met need, and or emotional wound? Why or why not? Well, again, there's a biblical way to seek closure. Um, that is a little different than what we hear about in the, so we say the, the secular, the, the worldly uh, way. Uh, when the believer seeks closure with someone, it's really an attempt to uh, move further into maturity. It's really an, a desire to say, I'm going towards Jesus and away from the things of the world. And so if I need to put aside something in the world, if I need to end relationship or end, um, uh, end a situation that pulls me away, then mm. that's what I need to do. Um, it's less about how you personally uh, you know, the, the personal aspect of how you're looking at it and more towards, again, moving towards Jesus, moving towards the kingdom. That's not to say your your personal feelings come into it. They do, but but your goal is to say, I, I want to put this behind me because I need to move forward in my Christian life. Absolutely. Christian life. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you have anything you wanted to say? No, it's, it's straightforward. Um I, I completely agree. So I, I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> Amen. Well, you know, it did bring to mind Philippians 3, uh, 13 through 14 that speaks on. Um, and I'll just read it um, quickly here. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I think that for me, is definitely encouraging. Um, but I did realize that it says straining forward. So there's, there's a bit of a struggle <laughs> uh, moving forward. But yes, closure um, is definitely something that I, um, like I said, with past situations, have to uh, work on um, as far as allowing myself to move past certain things that I have done to other people and not staying stuck in that guilt cycle because I'm, I'm not condemned and um, definitely have repented um, and need to move forward. Need, it's healthy. It's, it's a healthy Amen. thing to move forward. So yes, I appreciate your response to the question. Thank you, Brother Stewart. That concludes another episode of Self Talk. We want to thank you for joining us today. Please join us tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. as we delve back into the topic. So thank you so much. God bless and we love you. Bye. Bye.